Thank you that you are good to us. Thank you that you are kind and compassionate. Thank you, Lord, that you did come and that you did die for us and that you did raise to life. Thank you, Father, for raising Jesus back to life, that that death no longer has any reign, reign or rule over him and that because of that, it need no longer have reign or rule over us. Lord Jesus, we long for the day when we will see you face to face. Lord, when when all of our doubts are erased in the presence of your beauty. Lord, when all of our sorrows are wiped away with the joy of your, of your presence. Lord, when all of the harshness of this world is undone as you make everything new. Oh, Jesus, may we see you soon. And until we do see you, may you, may you just open our eyes to the wonder of your presence. Lord, may we know that you are, and even more, may we know that you love us. May we know with the saints how wide, how deep, how high is your love that goes beyond comprehension or understanding. Lord, may we have a true understanding, a true perspective of who you are and how much you love us, and, and how we are, we are people and you are God. Lord, open our eyes to know you. Open our eyes to realize who you are. Lord, may we be so captivated by you that, that our lives show that. Lord, uh, almost an uh, instinctive reaction to your glory. May that become second nature in our lives to love you and to love others. Please help us now to understand what you say. So often, Lord, we, we don't. So often we, we read and then we forget, as James warns us against. This morning, may we, as we concentrate in on this verse, may we understand, may it hit us, may we grasp something of who you are and what you wish for us. And I pray by your grace that you would work it in our lives. Work what you approve in us because we can't do it ourselves. Amen. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we're going to read, I'll, I'll read the whole of the Beatitudes. We're spending eight weeks on the Beatitudes. Um, on the screen will be the verse that we're focusing on today. Uh, let me read the, all of them for you though. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And the one at the end, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it, be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Today we are focusing in on Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, the third beatitude. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Um, 
Bible translation is interesting because uh, one word in one language doesn't always match one word in another language. That's the art of translation, that we have multiple words to say the same thing and different languages, the nuances of those words don't always match up perfectly. So we can also translate it. Can we go to the next one, Wayne? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, So you've already got an idea there that meekness and humility are, are kind of related. It's the same sort of idea. But we've, we've spent two weeks already looking at the first two Beatitudes. The first one, God blesses those who are poor in spirit uh, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Last week, God blesses those who mourn because he will comfort them. God approves. We've, we've said that when, when we read the word bless, it's about praising, it's about honoring, it's about approving. And And so what we're saying here, Jesus is saying that God approves of those who realize how far they are from God, who realize how very much they need Him. And God also approves of those who, knowing God approves of them, spend their life loving Him and loving others. Common sense. Um, We have one or two people of the world here. Um, Looking at Mark. Uh, Common sense says that if you want to get on in the world, you have to be domineering, uh, aggressive, harsh, slightly tyrannical. I mean, these are the sort of people we think who get on in life. There's a great uh, book. I haven't actually read it, but I'm reading a book which speaks about this book called Good to Great. Um, Jim Collins, it's looking at what makes good companies that outperform the market by three times. Uh, uh, It's a bit of an older book now, but the interesting thing that he found is that the companies that did the best are not the companies with aggressive go-getter leaders. The companies that outperformed the market not three times, but like seven times or eight times, are the companies where the leader is a meek person, a humble person, which is really fascinating. And Jesus here is teaching that. Uh, In fact, what Jesus says is is far more profound than just be meek. Jesus is teaching not survival of the fittest or the strongest, but survival of the humblest. In fact, Jesus says that those who will inherit the earth are the meek, are the humble. Even though at the moment... It might seem that many of God's people are poor. And a lot of people who are humble might seem to not reach the heights of wealth and elevation that that some do. Even there, Jesus says to you, God is giving an inheritance of the whole earth. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10, I think, he says, Even now, though we might seem poor, in Christ we have everything. It's ours. The inheritance is sure. Let's step back a little bit though and say, well, what does it mean to be meek? I was putting the, uh, uh, some final touches on the sermon on, on Friday, uh, sitting in craft group. By the way, craft group is great fun. If you're at all crafty, please feel free to come along. Uh, Leonora is very upset. She was called into work today. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure she'd be standing up the back cheering and saying, yes, craft group, craft group. Men are welcome. It means I'm not the only one. Um, But I said to them, what does it mean to be meek? And um, these are some of the things that I got back. 
Being meek means you never stand up for yourself. Being meek means always saying yes to everything. Being meek means being shy. And then Rhea made an insistent, No! Where is Rhea? Not quite like this, but I'm dramatizing it for effect. Says Rhea, it's not being a doormat. And certainly, being meek is not about being wishy-washy and uh, it's not about being indecisive. It's not about being timid. Um, Jesus was meek. And I think he's one of the last people you could describe as wishy-washy, indecisive and timid. He is certainly not a doormat. He certainly doesn't always say yes to everything. I don't think you could describe him as shy. Our world says that the strong grab what they can. Our world sets myself at the center of the universe. What is most important is my satisfaction, is my benefit, is how I get on in life, is how I succeed. Um, Ego is what rules the roost. But we've seen already today that we can translate this this word meek as humble. Uh, We can translate it also as gentle. It's it's about putting other people's interests first. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great preacher of the last century, said it's comparatively easy... uh, Sorry, I skipped a line. He said this, a humble and gentle attitude to others determined by a true estimate of ourselves is what meekness is all about. Um, it, it, it is easy to, uh, to come to the point of, of listening to the first and, and agreeing with the first two Beatitudes. Yes, I am a sinner who fails to live up to God's standards. Yes, I mourn the fact that there is sin in this world and sin in my life. And then I come to the third beatitude and Jesus says, God approves of those who are meek or humble or gentle. And somebody comes up to me and Mark says to me, Nick, you know what? I just wanted to tell you, you're a a scumbag and you don't live up to God's standards and and you better step back because I'm getting Steve's uh, chainsaw (laughs) at this stage. It's easy to, to admit to ourselves and be honest before God about who we are, but but it's a lot more difficult to allow somebody else to say things like that about me. Even if they're untrue. Because I'm important. Because my value is, is seen in how people assess me. Because I have to stand up higher. Because, don't you know, I, I am better than you. Matthew, in his Gospel, spends a lot of time talking about Jesus, unsurprisingly. But one of the things he stresses is that Jesus is an incredibly meek man. He is humble. Matthew 21, verse 5. He says, look, your king is coming to you riding on a donkey, riding on the colt of a donkey. The king entering Jerusalem, his city, the royal city, Not on a war horse, but on a donkey of all things. Stubborn little creature. Matthew 12, 
15 to 21. Uh, Matthew says here, Jesus acted fulfilling what Isaiah said. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of the world. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus says to his disciples and says to us, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Says Jesus, let me teach you because I am humble and meek at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus called himself meek. Jesus called himself gentle. Jesus called himself humble. Paul, 2 Corinthians 10, 1 agrees. He says Jesus is has a, a gentleness and a kindness about him. You think about it, when Jesus' friends betrayed him and fled away from him, he didn't not speak to them for six months. In fact, Peter, who denied him three times, Jesus restored. In fact, when Judas came to betray Jesus over to the authorities to be executed, he came to the garden and Jesus greeted him and he said, my friend. And he meant it. It wasn't a snide friend. It was a friend. Do what you've come to do. This is what meekness looks like. This is what humility looks like. Dying on the cross. Jesus cried out. This is Luke chapter 23 verse 34. Father forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When Jesus was on trial and being falsely accused, when people were mocking him, when they were spitting at him, when they were beating him, he didn't retaliate. He didn't seek revenge. 1 Peter 2.23 says this, says he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. You see, meekness, humility, gentleness comes from Trusting God. Jesus was able to, to, to take this stance because he knew that he was secure in God. He didn't have to fight to prove who he was. He didn't have to, to fight to maintain his status. He knew securely and, and steadfastly that God was his God. That he was the son of God. He knew who he was. He knew his strength. And so he didn't have to fight to protect it. So often we're we're concerned with fighting to protect our status. Fighting to protect our image. Fighting to protect what what people think of us. Fighting to, to be seen as good people. Or as important people more often than not. Jesus knew who he was. And so he didn't have to fight to prove it or protect it. Jesus was meek and humble, but he was certainly not meek. Meekness is strength controlled. Jesus could have forced his will. He could have, at a word, wiped out his enemies. He could have left the cross. They they mocked him. They said, step down from the cross. Prove who you are. But he chose not to use his power. 
not to assert who he was. So that God's plans and purposes could be fulfilled. So that the very ones who were mistreating him and falsely accusing him and saying all sorts of things against him. He chose not to stand up on his rights so that those very people could benefit. Jesus was no weakling and yet he humbled himself for the sake of us. If you read the bulletin it recommends reading Philippians chapter 2. Where Paul says, let your attitude be that of Christ who, uh, though God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. Have a read of it. It's, it's a fantastic passage. Uh, verses 1 to 11. <clears throat> Jesus was more than willing to, to take the abuse on himself. But he was no weakling. When it came to matters of truth and the faith and, and other people, Jesus was strong as a lion. There's a reason he is called both the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. He rebuked the Pharisees. The one time when, when they, was, uh, they were sitting in the synagogue and a guy with a withered hand there, he, he healed the hand. And said, what is wrong with you guys? Another time he got angry with his disciples when, when they tried to stop uh, people bringing kids to Jesus. And Jesus says, what's the matter with you guys? The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He went to the temple one time and, and what was meant to be a place of worship and prayer and, and people coming to realize how great God is, it turned into a marketplace and he made a whip and he chased them out and he turned over the tables. This is not the, the action of a, of a weak person. His best friend, well, one of his best friends, Peter, having just said, Jesus, you're God, two minutes later says, Jesus, you, you're talking codswallop. You're not going to die. And Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, you are, you are talking Satan. You, you, get behind me, Satan. Jesus wasn't a, a timid man to always say yes, to always you know, do what, do what the people want me to do. No, Jesus was the one who was doing what the Father wanted him to do. Meekness is a controlled desire to see others advance. Galatians chapter 5 uh, verse 23 says this. <clears throat> That's not right. There is no 23 in Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking at Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. Would you like to read that for us, uh, friend? Gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law. Uh, how about going back to verse 22 as well? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, or as the uh, New Living Translation puts it, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in us. And one of them there in verse 23 is gentleness, which is this idea of meekness and humility. Um, it's the same word group, the same idea. Ephesians 4 uh, verses 1 to 2 says, uh, <coughs> Guys, you're in the church together. Make every effort to put up with one another. 
out of love. And, and this is the same sort of idea. Mark's got a big smile on his face right there. Uh, bearing with one another in love means putting each other's um, interests ahead of my own. If you go back even further into to classical Greek, this, this idea of gentleness and meekness and humility is a word that was used uh, for soothing medicine, for a, a, a calm word, a, a gentle breeze, but it was also used of tame animals. Uh, if you think about a tame animal, what you've done is you've taken that incredible strength and you've redirected it into useful purposes. Meekness is a controlled desire to see other people's interests advance ahead of my own. And yet so often we are more concerned to justify ourselves than to see the other person advance. A, a, a meek person goes out of their way to promote the good of the other person. And he does it because he knows that his heavenly father knows already what he needs and will grant him the desires of his heart. Jesus went out of his way to humble himself, to be meek, to be lowly, because he knew that he was held safe in his father's hands. He didn't have to hold on to it. He didn't have to grasp onto equality with God. And so he, and so he came for us. So what's the reward? What's the payoff? You know what? Yes, Debbie's got an answer. What's the payoff? We're all going to go to heaven. We're all going to go to heaven, or heaven's going to come to us. There's going to be a new heaven and earth. In fact, have a look at this. What, is, what does he actually say there? It's not about heaven, this one. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. God's approval of those who are meek, who are humble, who, who don't have to hold on to their position or their status or their image. God's approval of, of them is seen in His promising them that they will have the whole earth. This is an idea that, that Jesus is uh, possibly drawing from Psalm 37. Um, that, that psalm is also one that implies that, that meekness comes from trusting God, from knowing that you are secure in Him. And the reward is, is inheriting the earth. When, when Jesus returns, uh, those who are meek, says he, will reign with him. They will, they will own the earth. No, no, in this world, those who, those who succeed are those who, you know, are strong and grab and, and, and build themselves up. No, says Jesus. Ultimately, those who are reigning are those who, who humble themselves. One point, Jesus was with, was with his disciples and and, um, and they were having this bit of an argy-bargy about who's the greatest. They're so unlike us. They were having this argy-bargy about who's the greatest. And Jesus says, guys, in my kingdom, priorities are the other way up. If you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. The servant. And he says to them, look at me. You know what he did? He washed their feet. I don't know about you, but my feet stink after a day. And I don't live in a super hot climate with sandals on. 
One day the meek will inherit the earth. In fact, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 6.2, we will judge the earth. But it's also true that the meek inherit the earth today. In a sense, a meek person isn't driven by ego. Because if you're driven by ego, you're never satisfied. You, you have to be more important. You have to have people look up to you. You have to, you know, I don't care about what happens to you. What happens is my success, my future, my status. A meek person, on the other hand, can be content. I, I don't have to have that. I don't have to be more. I don't have to have everybody look at me and go, wow, what an incredible person. Because I know that God looks at me and says, I approve. And that's what matters. <coughs> A meek person knows that in Christ we already have everything. Knows, as Jesus said to his disciples at one point, that God values us more than the grass of the field, the flowers of the field, and the sparrows. God knows when a sparrow falls, and yet God knows us even more. He's counted all of the hairs on our head, which for some of us is less of a job than others. So what must I do? Because we come to church, and you come to church, you need to be guilted into doing something that week, and feel really, really bad for the rest of the afternoon because you're not doing it enough. Um, that's true, isn't it? So, so you need to have something to go home and, and do. Well, let's think about it. What do you have to do to inherit something? Work hard. I'm going to cut that one out. Be part of the family. Exactly. You don't inherit something because you work at it. You inherit something because the person giving it to you says, you know what, I really love you and I want to give this to you. Okay, I get it. There are some families... Where the person with the money is horrible and if you don't treat them lovely, they won't, they won't bless you. I don't have anyone like that in my family. I don't have anyone in my family with stuff to give. <laughs> you don't have to do anything to inherit something. You simply have to be related to the person who wants to give it away. The only way to inherit the earth is to be related with the person who owns it. Meekness is something that we can easily pretend to have. Barclay gives a translation of that. Blessed are those who are angry at the right time, but never at the wrong. Blessed are those who are angry at the right time, but never at the wrong. Um, Aristotle, the great Greek thinker, said meekness is defined as not too much anger, but also not too little. I can pretend to be neither. You know what, I, I was walking down the street and you know, I'm, I'm not much of a person, but there was this beggar girl and I gave him something. You know, I was walking down the street and, and I just thought, Martin, you need to And you know what, I, would you like the shirt off my back? Because you know, I'm a humble man. I'll give that to you. As long as it's washed. <laughs> it's not too bad. You know what? 
if somebody tells me how humble they are, I'll smile and nod and walk away going, what is wrong with you? I can pretend to be humble. In fact, I can do humble things. But am I doing it so that people will look at me and go, wow, what a humble man. He is so meek. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? It's so easy to, to be humble and meek so that people will look at us and go, wow, what a humble, meek person. We're complex individuals. The real question is, am I thinking less about myself and more about God and others? Am I loving God and people or is it really just about loving myself? I suspect, if I did a quick survey, um, that most of us here this morning, in, in, I'll go out and I'll limb, all of us here this morning are not meek. With varying degrees. There are some people here who are incredibly meek. Most of us, and I'll put my hand up, I am not meek. I'm not humble. I'm, I'm good at pretending to be humble sometimes. and I don't want to do this, but I'll... Jesus, we've said uh, over the last few weeks in these Beatitudes, is not describing things that we should do. He's not prescribing our actions. He's describing his people. Each of these eight things are eight different angles on what a Christian looks like. We're not perfect yet. We've got to always remember the first beatitude says, God approves of those who are poor in spirit, who, who don't match up perfectly. But you know what? I can be sad.